remember, they've had to go to their family and say, do you believe in this business? Will you come with me? Because I'm about to take a big risk and start a business. I'm going to borrow money from all my family. And you're coming in going, well, I could get this to you by March 2nd. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here. My guest today is Robert Gibson. If you haven't heard of Robert Gibson, that's partly on purpose because Robert is a behind-the-scenes guy until recently. Uh, you can now, I'm proud to say, uh, learn more about Robert and get his wisdom delivered into your email inbox at robertmarketinghelp.com. He has a uh, weekly, almost weekly newsletter uh, called Might Like that blows my mind every time I get it in my email. It's an event. It's like a little little blast of Christmas morning. Uh, all these amazing links to articles and some wisdom behind them from Robert. Uh, you can also get Robert's uh, report at robertmarketinghelp.com called My Best Advice. How I know Robert is that we were both uh, teachers in John Carlton's Simple Writing System together. And I think that's where we first met and quickly bonded over a shared passion for teaching. And uh, after I was no longer uh, an instructor inside of John's world, I always send anybody who comes to me asking about simple writing system. Uh, I, I can't make sure they get Robert as their instructor, but I do everything I can to make sure that that happens and highly recommend him as the one and only choice inside there. And I'm talking about among some of the greats in copywriting. Robert just has uh, sort of an uh, extra level of passion for this stuff. And uh, Robert, uh, I'm going to, uh, well, first of all, hello. Welcome for being on the show. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thanks. I'm just going to, I'm just saving that recording, that intro to my ringtone. So I'm call myself to hear it. Well, you know how I feel about yeah. you and you, I'm just thrilled that you're, you know, kind of um, making time to share a lot more of your wisdom because it's been a very small circle of people up until recently who have been privy to it. My pleasure. I want to read uh, a testimonial that somebody wrote you. Uh, after you were their instructor in Carlton's Simple Writing System, if I might. It goes like this. Uh, Dear Robert, I've been a teacher for 20 years, public school, homeschool, and children's church education. I love teaching, and I adore the children. But your obvious passion for teaching makes me rethink everything it means to be a teacher. Wow. I find myself wondering, am I passionate as Robert? Can I do better? Then I dust myself off, and I try it again. In this class, I learned to stop thinking harder and start thinking deeper, so deeply that I slipped out of my own world and into my customer's world, and what a world it is, a place where their dreams are hidden, shadowed, and deeply in need of nurturing and guidance. If my products are great and my customers are amazing, then isn't it my privilege and responsibility to bring them together? I think it is. Thank you for all your hard work and dedication. Uh, that is, I don't think she'd mind me sharing, from Melanie Saladino, who 
I've worked with for a year now, helping her grow her freelance business. And she is uh, one of the most amazing people and copywriters uh, that I know. So she is. Uh, yeah, that, uh, Rob, that, that choked me. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I read that, Robert, because what we're going to talk about a lot today is teaching and, you know, this idea about marketing that just goes so far beyond the data and all the surface crap we hear about and think about when it comes to marketing and really get down to, to what it means on a human level. That's right. Yeah. And that, that's, uh, that, that testimonial is just as good as I can get. You know, it's kind of like, Okay, have a great night. <laughs> yeah, mic drop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, let me ask you a question, though, because I know there's a lot of freelancers listening to this, right? Uh, what is, as, as you're instructing someone, and I know you, you really are dedicated to getting the best out of them, uh, what are the signs, though, that excite you as an instructor, as a teacher, where you go, oh, we've got something special here? Well, I think the surest sign that a freelancer has a great shot at success is deciding that they really want to work with someone. And a lot of times people will say, okay, I want to just pick an industry. Hey, this industry has got a billion dollars. Go into this industry because it's paying. And I made that mistake years ago. I had worked in a dating service and I decided to leave it. And I thought, okay, if I want to teach you know, or understand marketing and from a financial level, why don't I learn what they teach financial advisors? So I'm listening to the radio and I hear this guy get on the phone, get on the radio rather, and he's like, come on down, we'll teach you, you know, how to be a financial advisor. You know, we'll pay you to learn it and, you know, it'll be great. So I go down there, it's like one of those Marriott kind of places mm -hmm. and so you're sitting around and the guy's talking and the place is packed. Everybody wants to make money because, mm -hmm. you know, this guy's promising the world. And so halfway through, he says you know, you're going to be down at the boardwalk and you're going to be sitting next to the sausage and peppers guy and you're going to be selling financial services next to the sausage and peppers guy. So when they're done eating sausage and peppers, you'll be there ready to help them with their finances. <laughs> and to me, it was like, it was like I opened the door and Freddy Krueger's there. To me, it was like, <laughs> this is going to be my entire life. And so I, I don't know what look on my face when he said that because I'm, I'm sitting right in front taking notes. And he goes, okay, so... I just want to offer this to you. If anyone, if this doesn't feel like exciting to everybody, you know, it's okay to leave. You know, it can stand up. I stood up. I was the only person who stood up. <laughs> wow. And I ran out. I thought, I thought they might like, hey, wait a minute. We'll give you $300 to sit and whatever. <laughs> I ran out like there was someone trying to kill me. I ran to my car and I'm calling someone up going, I just made the best decision of my life. They're like, oh, you're staying. I'm like, no, I'm getting out of there. You know? <laughs> So, so I, I was like, okay, so I made a mistake. I need to rethink this through. So I saw an ad in the New York Times. It was corporate financial services, you know, to other, you know, corporations. And I thought, okay, they'll train me. I'm not going to come in, you know, super loaded with stuff, but at least I'll, you know, I'll try and see what happens. Mm -hmm. So I call up and I say, you know, I'd like to call about the job, you know, and you got to leave a voicemail. There's no interaction or whatever. They don't call me back. So I call the next day. They don't call me back. I call every day, you know, for two weeks. My friends are like, oh, you know, you're ruining your chances. I'm like, what chances? They're not calling me back. So, so finally, I call every day for 30 days. And then finally, you know, the guy, vice president, calls me up and says, okay, come on in. Mm. I ended up getting the job. And the thing is, is that what I learned was there's a difference between relentless. Like there's people who, you know, people don't mind passion. They mind aggressive people who don't really care. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so the difference is like if you got sick or you had a friend who got sick and there was one doctor who could see you and they weren't seeing anybody, you know, they're like, okay, the doctor isn't seeing anyone for six months and you had a real illness. Mm-hmm. You'd be calling every day saying, listen, office manager, is there any way you can see me? Is there anything I can do mm-hmm. to get in here because I need to see the doctor? You know, I had a dog and when he got sick, my dog, my vet couldn't help him. So I wrote every veterinarian, I wrote 200 of them mm-hmm. trying to get help. And I got the head of veterinary pharmacology to take his case on for free. So my point is, is that the surest thing a freelancer has at success, you know, you know, like just we're just starting this conversation, you and I, Kevin, mm-hmm. is but the one of the first things is you have to really want to work with that person. It can't just be like, oh, what are you going to give me? Oh, can I make some money on this? Oh, because that's not the thing. It's saying, listen. I, I really, really want to work with you, and I understand this is going to be a long haul, but I'm willing to put whatever it takes to get it. Mm, wow. Great answer. That's so true. Again, you know, and especially, look, if we're talking about freelance copywriting, this is not easy money. There's, <laughs> I don't think anybody... There's no such thing. Yeah, yeah, there is no such thing, but it certainly isn't, you know, landing clients, serving clients, meeting deadlines. Uh, you, you have to be passionate about this. And uh, it will really behoove you to think very long and hard about what kind of people you want to work with, because uh, that is going to make the difference when, because look, not every gig is going to be the best one you ever did. Uh, your work will, will soar, your work will suffer, but it's really going to come down to the relationships. And I think that's, that's incredibly important advice. Um, let's talk about, you know, like my, you know, we're both uh, big fans and, and, and friends of, of John Carlton. Uh, John has a great thing I, I love. He talks about the, the pro code, and I, I may be misquoting it a little, but he talks about, you know, it's just show up on time, having done what you said you would do, uh, and having done it to the best of your ability, right? I mean, that right. really is That's the huge. law. Like, just talking about, like, like, the de- like deadlines, right? Like, what's the deadline? And... You know, there's almost like two camps with this. And I just learned from John, you, you just don't miss deadlines. It's just part no. of who you are. And, you know, right. if you don't sleep for three days, too bad. <laughs> That's right. There's coffee for that. <laughs> and then there's other people uh, who will say, oh, no, deadlines are a suggestion. You know, the creative, <laughs> the creative process. And I'm talking about big names will say that, yeah. right? And they'll say, you know, look, the creative process needs to have its due and it can't be forced. Uh, so they're Picasso. <laughs> I cannot be rushed. <laughs> well, it's business, right? It, you know, John got that from the days of print when, right. if you missed a deadline, the art couldn't, you know, it couldn't go out. You, you might miss it by a month or something. And, every, and then the, the company could fall apart. Right. Right. So, um, so that's a huge thing. And so, uh, you know, what, from what for business owners expect from uh, freelancers, you know, when they hire them in their business? What should they be looking for? Well, the credo I teach students and, and I expect from people I hire is always show up ready to rock. Mm. You know, so years ago I wrote music and I was, look, you know, going to a recording studio and this guy charged $100 an hour. Now, 
The thing was, was that I didn't have $100 an hour, so I negotiated it down to $40 an hour, but the way I did it was twofold. Number one, he was blind, so I offered rides anywhere he wanted to go. He was Number blind, two, literally could not see. Literally, blind. he was blind. He had macular degeneration. He had mm. like 10% vision. So I said, listen, wherever you need to go, I'll give you rides. And the other thing was um, I, I got $40 an hour provided for the bands that wouldn't show up prepared so they would miss their gig or they would i'm sorry they would miss the the session mm. they would show up late they wouldn't have their their cables they wouldn't have anything ready so i would get a call at two in the morning saying you've got 20 minutes get down here if you want it and so mm. i would be rushing i would be like i will be right there wow. and so literally i learned and i took advantage of everyone else who wasn't prepared you know to show up but see here's the thing so there's two parts of always show up ready to rock. Number one is always show up, but that's the minimum. So let's pull out in concentric circles and let's, let's pretend we're a client and we're looking for websites for looking for someone to hire. Okay, all people, all people's websites look the same. First of all, they're all templates anyway. Second of all, they're all saying, okay, they all make a big promise, right? They all have testimonials and they all have a guarantee. But to a client, a guarantee is worthless because I can't get back the time that I'm putting into you to, to say, okay, put up a website. I've lost clients, if you blow it, just like John was saying with the newspapers. Mm -hmm. If you wreck it, I'm ruined. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so ready to rock means there's always a gap between your best. So there's someone you care about and there's someone you don't care about. So if you look at someone that you bought birthday presents for and you're like, oh, I got to look for this. They've got to make the best birthday present and someone you don't, your whole mindset changes. So you've got people who are, you know, preaching in the marketplace, minimum viable product, good enough, how to steal customers, how to steal traffic ethically, right? And then that's basically translated as how to do as little as possible and then take as much as they can. And then they wonder why they're not further along. You know, so there's disparity between like, even if you look at something like a steakhouse, like in New York City, there's tons of them. And so we're talking about setting yourself apart. So in Wolf, in, there's a, in New York City, there's a steakhouse called Wolfgang's. If you ever, not Wolfgang Puck's, just mm -hmm. Peter Luger's old guy. Mm -hmm. And so it's the best steak you will ever have in your lifetime. And so it creates a disparity. Once you have that, any other steak tastes like crap. It's like, I don't even want to bother, you know, having that steak. Mm. So the point is, is that, you know, I'll talk to people who are pitching me and saying, you know, I can help you, whatever. And I literally had some guy say, well, I have to act like an expensive attorney and qualify you to see if you're worth my time. Wow, you sound like a great friend. I really want to work with you. I really want to trust my business with you. <laughs> and you're, you're acting like you're above me. Right. And, right. and I don't know. And the best people, you, Carlton, anybody, they don't act like that. They act like people who care. They're not like trying to posture. You know, posturing doesn't bring you closer to people. Mm. So the idea of always showing up ready to rock is saying, look, you know, we, we go back to, you know, uh, the deadlines and part things like that. Here's what people got to get. When you're coming in for a job and you're coming in, say, listen, I want this gig, I want to work for you or whatever, to you, it's just, I need some money coming in between February 1st and March 2nd. To them, it's their whole business that they're so passionate about. And if you compare your level of passion to their, remember, they've had to go to their family and say, do you believe in this business? Will you come with me? Because I'm about to take a big risk and start a business. I'm going to borrow money from all my family. And you're coming in going, well, I could get this to you by March 2nd.
You know what I mean? The disparity is huge. You look like an idiot. Like, it's just like you got to really get that this person. So when they sound like when someone, when a business owner sounds like, you know, they, they almost sound like, uh, like Jim Jones. You know what I mean? Like they're starting a cult because mm. to them, that's their whole life. They're betting everything they have in it. And you're, it's just sort of like the best thing I can say is, look, look at the size of bets people are making. You're making a bet like with Copy Chief, which is great, by the way. Thank you're you. betting, you know, you've got kids. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? You've got a family. You're going home to your family saying, okay, listen, I'm going to start this thing called Copy Chief. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to send out an offer. We're going to find out what happens. And you're betting everything on that. And your kids are looking up going, daddy, what are you doing? I'm doing this thing. I hope it works, right? Mm. And then some other kids like, yeah, I guess I could help you. You know? The right. disparity between passion right. is gigantic. Mm. And if I, so when I work with anybody, I un, I'm coming in knowing like, hey, listen, this is really important to you. This isn't about, this isn't a game. You know, so that's, you know, so when I say always show up ready to rock, it's always show up ready to rock. That means this is your one show. This is the one time where you have to bring everything you have and you've got to make it count. Wow, man. <laughs> that's so good. And I'm going to tell you, it, for a freelancer, here's here's what that does. What you're really doing is you're by matching the passion, the dedication, the sacrifice that your client went through to create this offer that you're you'll be writing for. Uh, if if you're matching, looking to match that level of passion, well, guess what kind of client you're going to work with, and then guess what kind of client you're not going to work with. Because right. there are clients who have broken mindsets in the other direction. I call them lottery ticket clients, where they think all their their only job is to invest in what they consider an expensive lottery ticket and hope this writer creates magic for them. Like the they pro- expect it, yeah. Like the well, but, but sometimes they think the product product doesn't have to be that good. Or That's right. like they'll even say, write the offer that you know will convert and I'll make a product to back it up. And <laughs> that's the worst possible right. scenario because common sense will tell you or any level of experience will tell you that product ain't getting made anything like you're about to write. And it's a good way to get in trouble writing anything, anything you know, having carte blanche to basically lie your face off, right? To make something convert. Really bad circumstances. Uh, but... What Robert's saying is when you really, you know, make your client is the avatar. Yes, you'll have a market avatar and a customer avatar for this product. But if your client avatar is a person so dedicated to their business and making it work, uh, being all in and burning the ships on what they're doing, then that's the kind of partner you want. And copywriting you know, is a partnership. And it, the more that freelancers and business owners think of it that way, the better off this industry will be. Exactly. Beautifully Great. said. Great stuff. Um, Robert, I'm always fascinated by, you know, you have a very unique history. Uh, everybody in marketing really has great, interesting things in the background. One of the most interesting uh, about you to me is that you, for a time, worked on a suicide hotline. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, tell me how that affected the way you see marketing. Well, I think the first thing is is that, you know, I learned about Crossroads. So, you know, the first call I ever got, you know, on the suicide hotline was someone calling up and saying, you know, I'm going to go into the forest and I'm going to take an overdose of pills and I'm going to die by the time anyone finds me. And there's nothing you can do 
to save me. And this was my first call. And, you know, I was trained to say, well, it sounds like you're upset. It sounds like everything's kind of bunny talk. And all I could think of was just say, well, I, I don't understand. Why are you calling? And I made him own why he was calling. Well, actually, I need help. It didn't come out like I'm, I'm you, know, power, you know, pushing it together. Yeah. But the idea was that, you know, I was able to help him. And I really realized that there were crossroads, that, there's, that people are at a crossroads. So then I thought, okay, it's just a suicide hotline. Nothing is that intense. It's just that one moment in time. Then I worked with a dating service, and I realized it's the same crossroads. So the dating service, you know, you was interviewing people and background checks and stuff like that. It wasn't like online stuff, and you really interview people. And so uh, the dating service wasn't about dates. It was whether they'd ever believe in love again. That was a crossroads. It would be who would help raise their children if they were single parents or care for their parents. You know, so they would say, you know, I would say to them, look, you'd never go to a dance club at two in the morning looking for a babysitter, but that's what you're doing. Wow. You know, so the idea is that every, sing, you know, every single offer you make has an impact in a crossroads that has real-world consequences. Even if it's a simple PDF, a marketing PDF, you know, don't worry about people not believing you. Worry about the people who do believe you oh, wow. because they could be moving across the country because someone wouldn't stop talking about how lucrative an industry you know, their thing was. They could be on the verge of divorce or bankruptcy because they put their trust in you and they tuned out everyone else. So there's a crossroads in everything. You always have to look for the crossroads. And, you know, the, the first mistake I made was just thinking everything was super intense. But understanding that, you know, someone may be talking about a PDF, but meanwhile, the person buying it, their life may be in shambles. So you can never walk into any kind of offer thinking that, hey, we're just talking about a $20 product. Someone's making a big life decision that you don't know about. There's all kinds of things going on in the background of their life that you have to be really aware of. Even, you know, your, your little empathy map and your little, you know, avatar, hey, meet Bob, Bob's 45. You know, <laughs> no, Bob is fighting with his wife. Bob is, there's all kinds of stuff. Bob's caring for his, for his parents who are sick. There's all kinds of things that you're not factoring in. And it, it, you won't be so glib when you write copy. You'll start understanding that these are real people so that every thing you do understands that there's a crossroads and you always have to be aware of those crossroads even if it's not in your copy you've got to be ready for it bro you're killing me here that was uh that's amazing this is my new favorite quote of life uh when it comes to marketing like you said even if it's just like a free download stop thinking about the people who won't believe you and think harder about the people who will believe you what are you saying to them? What are you really delivering to them? Uh, are you matching the seriousness, the importance of it, and how how deeply they'll believe what you're saying? That's a responsibility that we have as marketers that way too often gets overlooked. Incredible. Uh, Robert, I don't know how we can like even step this up, but I'm going to ask you the... Uh, the essential question of this Truth About Marketing podcast. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Robert Gibson, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that has produced the most surprising results? I think coming to the financial world with no financial background, the thing I thought, you know, I'd come in and everyone else was had 
20 years in finance and I had come in from, you know, working in marketing with dating service. I had, you know, done suicide hotline. I'd worked with hospice. I had, you know, completely different mindset, completely different mentalities. And so everyone else was coming from spreadsheets and they were coming from presenting things to, you know, make everything made logical sense. And I go back to the quote, people buy with emotion and justify with logic. So I was coming and writing copy saying, you know, let's talk about your family, kind of like what we're talking about now. Let's talk about the crossroads. Let's talk about everything at stake in your life if you don't do what we're talking about and, and talking about what's important to them. Now, I didn't have a lot of fans in that you know, arena in the beginning because everyone was saying, listen, you're going off your reckoned stuff here. <laughs> and, you know, we want you to just be polite write some nice things and, you know, some friendly bullet points and exceeding expectations or whatever it was. And I was coming in, you know, coming in hot, you know. And so the thing I learned was, and, and, I, and honestly, I was intimidated. Everybody else was way qualified there, you know. But um, the thing I thought was the biggest strike against me ended up becoming my biggest strength. So... That was what surprised me because I thought I was doomed. I mean, honestly, like I was going in saying, okay, I'm learning this. They're, they're teaching me all these, you know, legal terms and financial terms and it hurts my head. But the one thing that was important to me was caring about people. So everyone else in the financial world was caring about money and profits and stuff. Mm. And I was caring about the people. So the biggest surprise was that, you know, if you trust who you are, and I'm not talking about like, look, I'm not saying, hey, I know how to cook pancakes and that was my biggest strength. Mm -hmm. You know, it was saying I cared about people and I made it my life's calling to figure out how to help people and understand people and bringing that into the financial world was, it was sort of like there was no competition. Whereas, you know, and everybody talks a good game, you know, and, and now everybody's, they've got their templates and mm -hmm. empathy maps and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, that's just the first round. And when people start trusting you, there's second and third and fourth rounds. So you better be ready for when they start talking to you. So again, I would say the one thing that really surprised me was the success of caring about people in a financial world. And, that, and further, that the thing that you think you know, and, and I would say this to any freelancer, you know, just, and, and, here, and I'll, I'll turn it on you for like 30 seconds, Kevin, sure. is that, you know, you came from comedy and, you know, one of the things that you learned is you have to work hard, you have to show up and you've got to, you've got to be there when no one else is there. And you carry that in. And the one thing I remembered was, you know, when you went, when John Carlton was teaching in Chicago, you flew there mm -hmm. because you, it was important to you. You know, so, but, but you didn't, it wasn't just like that just came to you. That came to you from being on the road, from really like, it's not like, you know, people look at comedy and think it's just telling a joke. No, there's a craft to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to learn from the best. You have to like put your time into it. And so the very thing that other people think like, oh, this guy's going to tell a joke. And there's lots of people who pretend they're funny on YouTube and they're not, you know, like, hey, let me tell you about my product. Ha ha ha. You know, but the idea is that what you do is you're able to talk, you know, naturally because you've refined this. You can get up on stage anytime and talk to, you know, a group of people about any product, not because, you know, you just happen to have it, but because you refined it somewhere else. 
you're the thing that would be a biggest strike against you in a sense, you know, just coming, not coming from a marketing background, ends up becoming where you're towering over people because you have a comedy background. Mm, right. Yeah, thank you for that. That, that. That's a great point. I never even thought about that in like, you know, beyond just the psychological benefits of coming from that industry, the idea of I'll just show up there. <laughs> I hey, can, everybody. <laughs> I can get there. Hey, where are you from? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You know, my friends and I laugh about how, you know, no cell phones, no GPS, none of that crap. We would somehow, I don't know how we even called each other. Like we know, uh, you know, I was at a certain gig and they'd call the club and get the number to the condo, right? And somehow we end up actually having a conversation. And then we find out we're both going to be within 100 miles of each other on Monday as we both travel to our next gigs. And we'd meet at a hotel and just hang out for a day, right? And we think, right. how did we ever do that? But just that idea, it, didn't, it was normal to us. that Everybody did that, that we knew. And so that you're right. I mean, that's the same idea. It's like, wow, Carlton's going to be on this coast, at least, basically. Right. I'm going there. I'm just going to show up in his face. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, is the, the thing that just made you show up is you cared. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that will say, well, I'll wait until it shows up on my radar in right. the year 2019, if it's convenient for me, if it works for me or whatever. Well, it's not a good time. Can I get a DVD of it? You know? Yeah, right. So no, you got you to give everything you got. And I remember like doing a dry run for the interview in the financial world because this was before GPS or, I mean, well, I didn't have a car that had GPS. And, um, and I remember like, driving there the night before mm. just so that I knew that if, if like, God wow. forbid, there's any kind of construction there or whatever, I have a way to get there so that when I show up, I'm relaxed. I don't want to show up and be like, oh, hi, I'm sorry I'm late. Well, now they're never going to trust me again. That's you know, right. but so I'm that's where frazzled you, and hairy. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's why, like, when you were driving the gigs and stuff, think about it. You were driving 100 miles, you know, across, you know, there was no, there was no, like, sales letter saying, hey, Kevin, you're going to be staying at the Marriott in Corrado Bay in San Diego, you know, where everything's taken care of. You're showing up at the Marriott and you're going to Bananas in Fort Lee or wherever and saying, you know, and, and waiting on, and then maybe you don't even get to go on. Right. Sometimes, right. like, you know, you get kicked off and you, and you got to be, now, here's the difference. You can't just be like, oh, that sucks. You got to be like, hey, listen, thank you, John. I really appreciate your help. You've, you've been great. Because mm. you want to keep that working for the next time you show up. That's great. Right. Wow. Robert, this was uh, tremendous, amazing. Everything I th thought it would be, knew it would be. Uh, really appreciate uh, everything you do. I want to make sure people understand how to get some Robert Gibson into their world. Like I mentioned up at the top, it's robertmarketinghelp.com. I highly recommend downloading the free report uh, called My Best Advice. This is advice that Robert gives to his students in the Simple Writing System, which is John Carlton's signature copy writing training. Uh, and does that put them on the list to get Might Like? Yes. Okay. So if uh, even if you have no in interest <laughs> for some crazy <laughs> reason in Robert's Best Advice uh, – Get on that list because Robert has a newsletter called Might Like, and it is really one of my favorite things that ever arrives in my life. And Robert, let's just talk briefly about, you know, it's such an interesting array of things that you share and you put, it's beautiful to look at and you put a lot of thought into why you're sharing a certain article or a piece of music. How do you source these things to begin with? Thanks. Well, 
I have like a, um, you know, I, I have like, you know, start pages where I have like a whole bunch of different uh, RSS feeds that I look through. And then I've got a thing uh, called Session uh, Buddy or Session Manager or whatever that I have in Chrome. So I'll save like, you know, like tons of links or whatever that I'm looking at. And, you know, so I'm always looking for something that helps my friends and, and the people I teach and mentor. You know, so for years, I would send people links to anything I found mm-hmm. that would help them. So the subject I'd always use when I sent it to them was might like, mm-hmm. you know, and considering I may have gone through hundreds of articles to find it, it's a dry sense of humor. I'm not doing this for my, you know, say you <laughs> might like it, you know, so I created the whole thing, you know, the actual newsletter as a way to share with my list. So the stuff I put in there is usually looking at trends online, psychology, technology, creating marketing, obviously. And I usually close with some of the best music people don't know about yet. And I'm going for life-changing stuff. You know, I'm not going for snarky opinions or some guy plugging his company mm-hmm. on some blog. Mm-hmm. You know, and this goes back to like, you know, you have the truth about marketing. You know, which to me, it's really the truth about helping and connecting with people. You know, so wanting to get a higher response rate is really wanting to reach a person, hopefully in a deeper way. Mm. You know, because at some point, the people you and I teach are going to have to talk to a real live human being. You know, there's plenty of people offering sales and marketing pickup lines to make them irresistible and make clients obey. You know, (laughs) just be ready for when the client turns to you and trusts you with everything they have, their business and the future of their family. You know, and the thing I'd say is this, is that don't just think of the check. Think of the people who are counting on you. You know, so we're we're going beyond like, you know, just in terms of what we're offering, Mm -hmm. but there's a reason why we're offering it. There's not just, we're not doing this because we've got nothing better to do. We're doing this, we're trying to like share things in small enough pieces so it's not overwhelming, but in significant enough pieces so people can do something about it. Robert Gibson, you're a great man, you're a great friend, and uh, I appreciate you. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Kevin. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash TAM, as in Truth About Marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com, and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.